Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you create your ideal business lifestyle. As a business strategist and executive leadership coach, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. If you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking entrepreneurship and business with a successful entrepreneur around the world, serial entrepreneur, Jonathan Colbert. Welcome, Jonathan. Hello, hello, Julie. Uh, pleasure to be here today. <laughs> Jonathan, I always start by telling people a little bit about our guests. Now, you've started and own and run many businesses, including being the second largest exporter of Noni Juice from Tahiti and manufacturing and private labelling various products for companies. You also produce and host your own health and wellness show called What Is Your Holistic Lifestyle Show, as well as producing and marketing events. And I also happen to know personally that you're a really good cook. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, and so, Jonathan, since we're talking entrepreneurship today, let's begin with your story. When did you first understand you were an entrepreneur and what was your first business? Well, my, my first business that I knew that I was, was heading into entrepreneurship, I was in elementary school and I used to cut grass with my uncle. <laughs> so we would go and mow yards, mm -hmm. you know, and so I worked with him. And then what he would do is he liked me so much, he would he would leave me at different locations to finish it up while he went and did other things. And ah. so that was very empowering to me. And then after that, I got a paper route in Inglewood, California for the Daily Breeze. So I got on my bicycle and I went around and I threw papers back when that was popular. <laughs> <laughs> now they would throw you a, now they would throw you an MP3 or an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was my, my younger version. And uh, then I also, at a young age, I started selling Amway at okay. a very young age. Huh. So, you know, I've always kind of been around the entrepreneurs. And um, it, it was, you know, it taught me a lot. You know, I was in a lot of different circles when I was young. Yeah, and, and you also call yourself a connector as well, you know, knowing a lot of people and then introducing a lot of people. Um, yes. So, so what would you say has been... Uh, some of the things that have helped you to become successful as an entrepreneur, like I'm listening to you there say you, you were part of Amway and I, I, even though I wasn't part of it, I understand that there was quite a lot of personal development involved when you were in that company. Yes, yeah, so this is one thing when you deal with uh, affiliate style or direct sales company or MLMs or affiliate marketing, whatever they're calling it these days, is you get a lot of, of training from individuals on, you know, relationships, 
mm-hmm. and and growing together and what it is to have a team or and or family or, or organization and or tribe. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that they call everything these days. But in essence, you, you create relationships and it's great to be able to help people get to their goals. One reason why I like the style of marketing in those businesses is because you can engage in business and you can put people in certain places in their teams to help them be successful. And I don't know too many businesses you can go and do that. And, you know, you can still build a successful business on that market. I know real estate's very tough. You know, if you're a broker here in California, you train someone, they go and leave you, you know, then that's kind of done mm-hmm. unless you have some type of arrangement. So I see a lot of people now building organizations and then working together for the betterment, you know, building something where everyone becomes economically accomplished. That's a term I picked up from a very successful uh, gentleman in Orange County who had a direct sales business and he was a he was a philanthropist businessman and owns a huge uh, product vitamin manufacturing company. But I always like that term being economically accomplished. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I've not heard that before, but it, yeah, I like it. I, li- I like the sound of it. I like what that that means for people. And and I agree with you. I have a, a lot of clients in Australia that are in the real estate industry, and that's exactly right. You can spend years training them, giving them um, all that they need to be successful, and then, and then sometimes, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, they'll turn around and say, "Well, thanks very much," and now I'm starting my own business. Yeah, I like your Bentley and I want one. (laughs) Therefore, I must be you. (laughs) Do you you know, I want to tell you a funny story about a Bentley. Um, One of my former bosses owned a Bentley. Now, this this car at the time was worth more than the house that I lived in. And anyway, yeah, I know it was it was just this gorgeous, gorgeous um, maroni red colour on the outside and beautiful cream interior, you know, and beautiful leather and, oh, it was just amazing. Mm. And we were going for a business trip one day and I've gotten into the car and I always have uh, pens with me because I'm, I'm always <laughs> writing stuff down so you can imagine what's what's coming. So not only have I got one pen but I've got two, a red and a blue pen in it, in my hand. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. And as oh, I've got in the bad. car... I've I've scraped all across the dashboard this beautiful cream leather dashboard with my red and my blue pen. Jonathan, I just oh. want to get out and, and go and lie underneath the wheels and let him roll over me. <laughs> yeah, because if you try to clean that out, you're going to lighten the colour uh-huh. and the leather. Ooh, boy, you're dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll be Ubering around me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'll just have to. I'll have to frisk you for pens. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, look. I, I I learned my lesson. I always put a lid on a pen now. <laughs> always. <laughs> oh, that could be our trade between each other. Put a lid on it before you get in. <laughs> so, so, so tell us then. You know, some of the things that you've learned then as being being an entrepreneur. You know, the one thing I learned, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, then definitely start getting yourself set up like an entrepreneur. So you definitely want to go through and make sure that you have a company set up mm-hmm. and you want to follow those guidelines. I don't know how it works in Australia, but here in the United States, uh, you definitely want to go through and start building your business credit and start separating your personal expenses from your business expenses and then start to build corporate credit. Mm -hmm. So you can go into a bank and you can go in and you can behave like most corporations do. 
So you want to get it done in Bradstreet here in the United States, and you want to start building your business credit, getting those vendors that are reporting to the three business agencies. So it's very important because with your business credit, you can now leverage yourself and you can hire and you can get funds to grow your business because we know a broke tribe is no tribe. Mm-hmm. So you have to have some capital there because it may take you five or 10,000 to pay for something to further your business along. And you may be paying two or $300 a month on that particular money that you uh, actually were afforded to move the business along. Mm-hmm. So it's very good to be uh, strategic and align yourself with the people that are out there that can get the job done for you. And that's where networking and things like that really come into play because you'll most likely meet the leaders in the area that you want to uh, grow your business in. Yeah, and and that's really interesting because uh, we don't have it as strict as what it is in the States with the the credit. I mean, we do have credit reporting for sure, but we don't necessarily have a number that we all go around and quote. And that was something that I was really surprised about when I was in America. Uh, I met a few people who actually helped people to improve their credit score. And, you know, they were talking numbers, like if you had a 400, you needed to be up around six and 800 was even better and was like, wow, you know? Yeah, and you know, in some states, you can't even get uh, a telephone or electric, you know, and your credit score will determine how much money you pay monthly. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very serious here. I mean, if you're in the 600s, mid-600s, I mean, you know, that's not the best place to be. You want to at least be 680 or better, all the way up to a little little over 800 is the best. Mm -hmm. But if you're, you know, somewhere around 750, you know, you're very decent. You right. know, those scores really do mean something. And then your business gets a score as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Dun & Bradstreet here, and that's the international organization. If you do business with the government, you must have a Dun & Bradstreet. Call it Dun's number. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you have three trade lines, meaning vendors you do business with that report, then they will give you what's called a paydex score. So those things are very important, and, and they're looked at you know, here, uh, you know, highly favorably to have those things in place, have those ratings, do that work and, you know, pay those bills on time. So mm-hmm. that's all very important in building business credit. A lot of people, they just go and put a company together and then that's it. Not knowing that they're already being rated unbeknownst to them in the system, right. you know, so your corporation will be giving a rating. And sometimes on your report in your business, it, you know, it might be some things on there that are not even you. But it's a lot easier to clean up something on your business credit than it is on your personal. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can build your corporate credit here in the U.S. ten times faster than you can your personal credit. By the way. Oh, that's so, really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hope I'm not giving out too many trade secrets. <laughs> well, well, no, I think it's really, I think it's really important. I think people need to know this because they're, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of mastermind groups and circles uh, where people have been starting their businesses, and I'm sure a lot of them would not know that. And you know, even um, in Australia, if we don't necessarily have the score that we're aware of, we certainly do have reference checking. So if you want to go and get credit with a supplier, then you'll have to fill out a credit application form and then they will go and check your trade references to to see if you're a good payer you know if you pay your bills on time and yes uh, yeah uh, otherwise you you'll have to pay cash you know before you get the goods yeah maybe happen two or three times and if not you know you want to ask them how many times I have to pay you cash until we can start building that relationship so you can start reporting on you know behalf of the bureaus to show that I'm a credit worthiness 
you know, client. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's very important. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You know, it seems like to me, um, the next level out there is how to become a global citizen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can you have your bank accounts and your businesses and a second passport? Because I just think the world is so small in business. It's great to understand what you can and cannot do. Uh, you know, I've been told by several people that are very wealthy. It's always great to have a second passport, you know, and you should have yourself set up another country as well. So these are some of the things, you know, I'm thinking about in the future. And it really comes down to being a global citizen. And that's, you know, something I'm checking into because I think a lot of people are starting to do business with other countries, flying here for events. If you're doing business over there, you should always check out to see what the advantages could possibly be. So this is something that I'm kind of, uh, you know, chasing after a little bit and see what I can find in that particular space. Yeah, well, I know when we were uh, traveling around the U.S., um, we had to be very mindful of what we could and couldn't do, you know, in regards mm-hmm. to um, traveling, working, all of that sort of thing, because you just absolutely do not want to do the wrong thing. <laughs> Otherwise, you, you're yes. going to have a holiday somewhere you don't really want. <laughs> yes, Yes. And, you know, what's funny, too, is I was talking to a friend of mine in Australia, who's one of my co-hosts, and we were talking about going over to Vanuatu. And she's saying, oh, yeah, well, you might want to get a shot for this. And you might start, ooh, I didn't even think about that, you know, because when I would drive to New Zealand all the time, I never thought about that. But then Vanuatu, because it's, you know, heavy islands. And, of course, a lot of people don't understand, even in Tahiti, they have mosquitoes, have certain things. But I never had to get shots for that. But it just got me thinking. Wow, you know, I have to get really get detailed, you know, some of the travels that I have that I plan to do coming up. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and when we come back from traveling to Australia, one of the questions that they always ask is, have you been in the Caribbean in the last six days? So I don't know what nasties are there, but but certainly for our <laughs> quarantine laws, uh, you know, makes a really, really big difference. Um, for sure. So and let, let's talk a little bit more about being a global citizen because I think, as you say, it, it is becoming more and more commonplace. We're going to take a short break right now. So stay with us, listeners, and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, at ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are 
are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and today we're talking with serious entrepreneur and seriously successful entrepreneur, Jonathan Colbert. Jonathan, before we went for a break, we started to talk a little bit about what you call global citizenship. And and I know for a lot of people, this is becoming more and more mainstream and more and more sought after. And I know it's certainly on my bucket list is to be able to travel and work around the world. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what I can tell you is, uh, you know, I'm in the learning learning phase of trying to gather the information. So I found someone, uh, the gentleman's name is Andrew Henderson. That's his name. And if you go and Google Nomad Capitalist, so you can go to nomadcapitalist.com and you can subscribe to his email list. And he has shows and talks and links. And he travels all around the world and he exposes and shares with you his findings, which is very, very interesting. And I know last year, I believe in January, he held an event for X amount of people to come out to Mexico. I think it was in Cancun or Cabo. But he also, you know, a bunch of people flew in that were lawyers and people from the government explaining to people how to set themselves up, possibly get another um, passport, another country. Sometimes they're investments that you can do there and you can wait one year, two years, depending on what the investment is to get citizenship. And they talk about corporations set up and so forth. So I, I found it to be very interesting. So I follow him and I get his email. So I try to learn a little bit as we go, but there is a button there. We can have a consultation and speak to him. Mm-hmm. So some of them are on that level. That's something that you might want to do, but that's something that's definitely on my radar that I'd like to be more familiar with as time goes on. Because you need to understand where you are in the world, how it works business-wise. I think that just empowers you. And information is power. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you mentioned then about um, going to an event with with Andrew. And uh, and I know that you put on events too. So what are some of the, the um, things that you do that will make an event successful? Well, what you want to do is you definitely want to go through and you want to find your message in the event. So a lot of times there'll be events where I just secure the space and host it for them. Mm -hmm. You know, then I make sure everything goes really nicely. So then I go and once it's set and we have everything set up, then I move into a concierge style, making sure everyone's comfortable. They get checked in. The speakers are flowing nicely. Everything's all set up. Mm -hmm. And then there's once you go a little bit beyond that where we do the marketing and so forth. I used to have a kids magazine and we were one of the, we were the, actually the first uh, kids magazine approved to go to the schools. And what we used to do was we would go through and we would take the students, take them to the government, interview government officials, take them to the studios so they can go through, interview celebrities and so forth. And then when we shared their articles in the magazine, then we had college tips there. We had some supporters, but then it morphed into a once a year event when we put it on, it was a youth, it was like a youth day mm-hmm. and it was put on for the Urban League, which was great. So we invite the celebrities and we have the college reps come in and they would have the blood bank truck and, you know, 
you can go get your ears, nose, and throat checked out. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. And we had the radio stations. So those are some of the events I've done in the past. Also, I've done some events where they're business-related, where mm-hmm. people want to come in and they want to learn, okay, uh, you know, how should I be strategizing, you know, my after 40 years or my after 50 years? You know, how can I set up my organization currently? And then there's health and wellness events that we put up where we go through and we share the latest information. Uh, definitely a term you're going to be hearing a lot in the future when it comes to health and wellness is nutrigenomics and epigenetics. Mm-hmm. That's something to be familiar with in health and wellness because your body creates its own antioxidants. It's known as a primary antioxidant. So now we're doing a series of health events next year where we're going to have speakers on that topic and scalar wave energy and how products are now being infused with that. So those are just some of the things that we're doing currently. So when we put the events on, I make sure that each speaker is properly promoting it. And I try to keep the events anywhere from 50 to 100 people, because sometimes when you have big events now, Shirley, I don't know, everyone now that's so worried about what someone's wearing. Oh, I can't believe she wore her hair like that to this event. <laughs> or, you know, look at that guy. <laughs> look at this guy's tie, you know. So I notice if the events are smaller than they focus in. When it's larger, sometimes we lose the people, you know. So that's something we had to take a look at. And it's more interactive when it gets to be about anywhere between 50 to 100 people. Wow. That, that's that's really interesting that you've noticed that, um, that the people focus in when the group is smaller. Uh, and I know when when I first started traveling to events in America, I was yes. just overwhelmed at the size of them. I think one of the first ones we went to was, uh, you know, and this is a personal development event, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get to work on myself. And there were 400 people yes. there. And and as we were lined up ready to register, this we were talking to somebody in the line and they said, uh, oh, is this your first time? Are you first timers? And we thought, what? God, how many times do you have to come? And then, um, <laughs> and then the next—that's funny. <laughs> yeah, we were shocked. And then the next morning, we're lining up, ready to go into the event, and I just about got crushed. You know, they opened the doors, and everybody just went barreling in, running across the seats and everything to get to the front. And I thought, holy moly! <laughs> like, you know, I you just, know, sometimes what happens is. You know, people feel like if you're at a big event, first of all, you want to try to meet everybody. So if it's too big, you won't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So now you have a fear of loss in their mind. Mm -hmm. So now you start having a devalue situation happening within their psyche. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So now, oh, God, I didn't get a chance to meet everybody. It was just so big. And you know what I mean? So we try to take that away from people. So, you know, that's why it's great if you can't plus a smaller group group you can schedule out time where the person can get up and introduce themselves mm-hmm. because that's very important you know when you get to 100 it's a little tough you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. but that's why you would throw a mixer like we're going to do an event in may 5th and 6th with an australian team out of australia a health and wellness but the night before we're going to throw a mixer before the weekend starts so that way everyone can know each other beforehand and they can interact better when saturday and sunday arrives Okay, you know? I've not heard that then, term before, a mixer. Yeah. yeah, it's a business mixer. You know, they're quite prevalent here in the States. And then what's really cool is I got to start thinking, Shirley. I said, you know what? Why don't we turn this one into a, an experience? So I went through and I gathered all the information, all the links of all the shopping malls around. And there's a harbor there with the beach. 
So I made sure that they had the link for the Orange County John Wayne Airport, but also the fishing and the Catalina boats if they want to go to Catalina. That way, if they're married and the husband's not into it or the wife's not into it, they at least have something to do. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to back that up with some videos of the speakers in the community, like down in the harbor or maybe at the shopping area. So when they come over, it's an experience. It's a destination. So I think that's very important. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and because a lot of people, you know, when I've traveled a lot and people think, oh, it's so glamorous. And I think glamorous. God, I'm on a plane. I'm I'm in a taxi. I'm at the event. I'm doing the event. I'm talking to people. I'm going to bed. I'm getting up. I'm tired. Then I'm catching the taxi. <laughs> I'm getting on a plane and I'm coming home. Yeah, real, real glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. It's one of those things where if you show someone a particular area and you let them know, like if you came to the event, you could throw a couple more days in. And this one is nice because I want it to be directly halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Mm -hmm. So you can go either way, which is great. So 45 minutes to an hour, you're in L.A. 45 minutes to an hour or less, you're in San Diego, mm -hmm. you know, which is great. Yes. And, and just talking of that, at the event that I met you, it was in exactly that yeah, location. That location, that location yeah. And, um, and and I was driving myself. I, I picked up the car from LA Airport and I could <laughs> tell you I was terrified driving down that freeway down to San Diego and then back again. But I managed to get myself around. But, yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, but it's a great drive that you have the ocean, you have the coast right there for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all work hard and sometimes people are out and they want to go to an event and they want to, you know, get that information. But they also want to be able to make sure it has added value. So I always think of that, of, you know, how would I feel if I wanted to go out and go to an event? What kinds of things would I be looking for? Like the spa, shopping. Maybe Legoland, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, different places that are available. So I think it's very important. Yes, and and just one last point on events before we go to a, a quick break. One of the things that I find really important at an event, and I know that you're really good at this, and that is the food. Yes, a lot of times if you're able to build in the cost of whatever event you're doing to have food available, it's great. Because then it's not a disconnect for people to have to go too far from the venue. Mm -hmm. They don't have to get in their car, go somewhere and come back. So it's always good to have that available. It's just one more thing. Because it's really great if you can put an event together where um, the people that are attending don't have to keep coming out of their wallet, mm -hmm. you know, constantly. You know, going in, digging for this, digging for that. It's better just to flash a badge. And this particular part of the event, this is where you need to be. This is where the beverages, refreshments, and lunch are located. I mean, so that's that's very important. Yes, yes. And and I also like that point that you made there too. It keeps people together. So, you know, while yes. we can be standing, eating, whatever it is that we're eating, we're also talking and mingling and mixing and meeting more people as well. Yeah, I love when people get together in their groups and they find their commonality and, and they just kind of, you know, stick together and they usually become fast friends and they know each other well after the event. And if it's a great event, then it becomes an annual event. Mm -hmm. which is something that I want to do later on, maybe in 2019, is to do one big annual event, and then we give awards to people that have done certain things in the communities mm -hmm. all over the world, you know, not just in the U.S., but Australia and Canada, 
and bring everyone together. So that's something that I have on the books. And I have some people that are interested. So we'll see how that develops over time. Okay, great. All right. Well, we're going to take a, a, a short break. And when we come back, who knows with Jonathan what we're going to be talking about, but it'll be very interesting, I can assure you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using MindMovies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash MindMovies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash MindMovies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back, and you're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and we're talking today with serial entrepreneur Jonathan Colbert. Now, Jonathan, so far we've talked about credit rating and how it's actually faster to build your credit rating in the US than it is for your personal. We've also talked about being a global citizen, and you gave people some really good tips there and where they can get more information. And we've also started to talk about events because that's a real area of specialty for you. And what you found is that it's better in your opinion to be smaller rather than larger so that people get to know each other and also to be able to incorporate food into your event so that people can stay together, talk together, meet together and they're not having to put their hand in their wallet all the time. So what else do we need to know about events? Well, if, you, if you're going to attend an event, you know, I'm the kind of person, I don't know if, the, if people really remember when people used to run around with clipboards. Mm-hmm. So I like to have a clipboard in my hand with a piece of paper. So I like to make sure I spend enough time to go to each booth and just kind of see what people have to offer because you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. until you actually go there. And so if it's something you like, I would collect a card and I would also leave a card. A lot of people that are exhibiting, and I'll get to that, should have some type of raffle of some sort. So you can collect contacts of business cards of the people that are there. Another thing, uh, if you're attending an event, I would want to know who's putting it on and who markets the event and make sure that you're on their email list or their contact list so you're getting notifications of their upcoming events because it's such a great way to meet people. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to stay on top of whatever it is that drew you to that particular industry and or event. And if you're exhibiting at the event, you definitely want to have your booth looking really nice. You know, you definitely want to have a, a bowl or a sign-up sheet if people want to know more. 
have your brochures and try to have a business card that relates to what you're presenting. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it might be an opportunity. We have a different business card, but if you can match it all up where it sinks, that's always helpful, you know? Mm-hmm. And then again, try to talk to the people that are putting on the event and see if they can promote your booth. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a giveaway and maybe the, the raffle. So people come by and get the tickets, you know, that's very important. And then yeah. if you're speaking at an event, it's very important that whoever's putting it on to make sure you get on their email blast if they have one or their Facebook or Twitter, you know, uh, all those things are putting out to market. And if they have a brochure, make sure you're in the brochure as well as one of the businesses. And you might want to ask them if, if they have it, if it's not that way, maybe you can spend next to $1,500 to have a couple of mentions of your booth during the event. You know, all these things that kind of uh, them edifying you to bring awareness to your message, business or service. So those are some of the things that I try to do, uh, you know, if I'm exhibiting or going to an event. Sometimes um, I'll go to an event and it's not even thing I'm putting on. I try to get a hold of the microphone, you know. I noticed. <laughs> you get a hold of that microphone, you know. <laughs> you can do a lot of things. You know? Yeah, and, and now that you say that, I hadn't realized that that was a, a definite strategy of yours because you do it so smoothly, but that's how we, we met. We met at an event and, uh, you yes. know, you had catered for it, which was wonderful, beautiful, beautiful food, and and then we just started chatting and then, yes, then I found you up the front of the room speaking to the whole audience as well. So there you go, it's a strategy. <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> and, and and it is. And I mean, it pays off. Like here I am, I'm back in Australia, you're over in the US. And, you know, we've been conversing um, since the event and I've learned so much already from you. So, you know, I really encourage our listeners that if you think, oh, ho-hum, I don't want to go to events, um, yeah, there can be a lot of effort, <laughs> especially you know, in my case where you're getting on a plane and travelling. Um but gee whiz, you know, you, you do, you meet so many people. And, and I can remember at that event that, that where we met, I felt like I was the dumbest person in the room. And I don't say that in a bad way. I say, my God, you know, the people that I was mixing with were so smart, so intelligent and, and knew so much that, you know, just mm-hmm. sort of standing there with my mouth open thinking, wow, you know, how incredible. Well, you know, you know what the new wealth is, don't you? No. The new the, the new wealth is health. Mm-hmm. So you were there at an event and you probably are in a very small percentile of what's going to be happening in the future so far as health and wellness. So hopefully one day you'll be able to share that information with your audience. Because when I was younger, I opened up the hotel, was one of the top hotels in the world, one of the top 10. Uh, it was in 1984. It was in Laguna Beach, then they called it. Now they call it Dana Point. They kind of shifted the line. And it was the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I worked there. I was a tennis pro's assistant. And it was a very, very meaningful experience, you know, for myself. But what I learned there was I like hotels for young people to learn because you you go through and you interact with many different type of people, you know, mm-hmm. from all over the world. So you develop your people skills there. Mm-hmm. You know, so all young people that I interact with, I try to tell them to work in those industries. Because if you work for a five-star hotel, you can pretty much go work anywhere in the, in the world. And also while you're going to school, you know, it's a great job to have on a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. You know, so awesome. it's something that really, really taught me a lot. And, you know, through that experience, you know, I met a lot of international people, 
But I was getting to the point of, you know, a gentleman said something to me one day. He said, you know, to be a true millionaire, you know, you really have to be physically fit. And I was like 18 at the time, and that just blew over my head until I got much older, you know, and I realized that that's very much a part of what's happening. You mm -hmm. really do have to be physically fit, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm realizing that more and more myself. Um, you know, I've no, I wouldn't say that I've been um, fit fit. You know, like I haven't been an exercise fanatic or or a sports person, but I I've always had enough energy. But I noticed that the more that I want to do in in terms of running my business and growing my business, you do need that. And what I've also noticed is that a lot of the really successful people, they really watch what they eat and many of them don't drink alcohol too, I've, I've noticed. Yeah, you know, that's that's something that really if you find yourself not drinking, I think you find another level of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've gone, you know, days and weeks without having a glass of wine or champagne or anything. And I just feel much more alive. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes what's interesting is you forget you've made a decision not to drink and you used to, and it's just before you know it, you already have one in your hand. Yes. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> because it's just so natural. And it's funny as I, I said this many, many years ago, it said, it seems like to me the difference between immaturity and maturity is how disciplined you are. I mean, how consistently can you make a decision and stick to it? It is very hard, you know. Oh, I love that. I love that distinction. Do you want to say that again? You know, I always said to myself, the difference between immaturity and maturity, basically, is how disciplined mm -hmm. are you? You know, how disciplined can you stick to, you know, make a decision and stick to it? It's very hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I one thing that. I used to listen to this Earl Nightingale. Mm -hmm. There's a company called Success Motivational Institute in Waco, Texas. And I remember him saying it was a it was on a tape series called Lead the Field. And, you know, Earl Nightingale has got this brilliant voice. Yes. He says, if you can, if you can control your brain, you surely can control your destiny here on Earth. And I went, man, well, you know, that's tough. <laughs> that yeah. You can do it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> And, and that's something that I'm also really interested in, and I know our listeners are interested in too, is um, what we're learning these days about neuroscience. And you know, in the in when I say the olden days, God, you know, I'm fifty something. It's not it's not like I was a hundred or something, but um, it was woo woo stuff. You know, it was alternate. But these days, it's becoming much more mainstream. Is is the connection between spirituality and neuroscience and and our brain and how our body works? Yes, and you have a lot of things um, like people are listening to scalar wave energy with music. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of things now that are very cutting edge. You know, as it relates to health. Because remember, health, air, water, those are the common denominators that connect us all. So I always tell people, if you have a show or you have any type of voice, definitely pick some area of health that you can share with them. That's the greatest gift you can give someone is the ideology or the tools or the product for them to go through and be healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's a way to always connect with your tribe or your base, you know, on a regular basis. So I always try to make sure that people at least understand what's out there for themselves. And from all of my years of, of going through and, and making products and so forth, 
I have a lot of things that come my way. So I really, really like the fact that I can share some things with the people and, you know, they take it for what it is. You know, hey, look, thank you for sharing. It's nice when people go, hey, I'm going to try that. I like it. I love the information. But at least you thought enough of them to even address it or even to say something. Yes. You know? And, you know, it's a different relationship, too, when you don't want or need anything from anybody. You know, it's just great. You're just sharing. So I just I think it's great. And one of the phrases that I heard just recently that really resonated with me is I'm not committed to what you do with the information, but I'm committed to making sure you have the information. And and I think, you know, when we get into sales and things like that, sometimes people get desperate and they think, oh, you know, you've got to buy it, you've got to buy it. But in fact, it's it's up to the person to be able to make their own decision. What your responsibility is, is to actually give them the information. And, and I know when I returned from my recent trip with all of this new information, the first thing I did was ring a couple of people that I know whom I thought could really use the information and now it's up to them whether they decide to, to run with it. Um, but, it, you know, it was really was my responsibility to let them know. Yes, and you know what? I look at it like this. I don't sell anything. Mm -hmm. I never have. I just share information. Mm -hmm. Either you like my information or you don't, you know. The difference to me that happens between someone selling something is a level of desperation. Mm -hmm. you know, that you feel from that person, then I feel it's sales. But if you're just sharing the information, you put it out there, you're just sharing it. Hey, look, this is what I use. This is what it's about. Boom. There you are. You may mention it later on. Hey, what do you think about this information? And then you move on. But, yes. you know, sometimes if you go back and you're constantly, you know, going back and forth about it, you know, then it gets a little bit salesy. Then people get uncomfortable and you know, they've got to want what you have, you know, if they like what you're doing. And yeah. it's funny, when I was, I used to own a few urban vitamin centers, and I remember this lady, she was older, she came into the shop, and I was there, and I was telling her all these things about the herbs, you know, and, uh, you know, she goes, I guess she got a little bit fed up with me, she goes, she goes, son, are you in the urban vitamin business? And I said, yes. And, uh, and then she said to me, uh, she goes, do you know what your job is? And, you know, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. She says, it's your job to have the latest information here, the latest product. She says, you know what my job is? To pick and choose. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. But, you know, I learned something from that. So, you know, I try to have the information out there for individuals. At least, you know, they heard it from me. At least I, I thought enough, enough about them to share it. And yeah. that's the kind of energy you want to put out, you know. Yeah, and I love that. And just to, to finish off before we go for a break too, it reminds me of one time when, when we, were we were sharing information about investment properties in Australia and our sales trainer pulled me up one time. We were driving around and I was saying, oh, somebody, uh, we sold that one and we sold that one and we sold that one. And the lady said to me, Shirley, she said, stop the car, pull over. And I thought, oh, God, you know, what have I done? And I pulled over and she said, I'm going to tell you something now that is, is going to stay with you forever. And I thought, okay. And she said, <laughs> listen very carefully, people don't want to be sold, they want to buy. 
And, you know, and I, I was just looking at her and I still didn't quite get it. And she said, they don't want to be sold, they want to buy. So as you're driving around and showing people, you are pointing out and saying, somebody bought this one, somebody bought that one, they purchased this one. And she said, never forget that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up talking about entrepreneurship with Jonathan Colbert. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Well, Jonathan, I have to say this is one of my most fun interviews and I knew that that was going to be the case uh, when we were setting <laughs> <Appreciate> that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've been talking with a very successful entrepreneur, Jonathan Colbert, and Jonathan, we've, um, we want to wrap this up now. We've been talking entrepreneurship and growing our businesses. So what are some of the ways that entrepreneurs can, in fact, grow their business? You know, a couple things here in, in the States, you know, we have uh, what's called uh, Chamber of Commerces. Mm -hmm. So what I do is there's certain areas that I frequent and I go that I do business in. So one day I was thinking, I just Googled each one of the cities and I Googled their Chamber of Commerce and I put myself on the email list. Mm -hmm. So now I get the emails of all the different areas in which I'm doing business on all the different local events that are going on. Because usually if there's a tree lighting ceremony or if there's a lobster fest or, you know, there's a, a taste of, you know, they have it all listed there. And they usually are doing it in conjunction with the city and the chamber. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that's a, that's a key tip that I do is I'll Google the convention center. If you live in Las Vegas, the major hotels that hold events and I'll go through their event page and I'll figure out what events are coming there. Mm -hmm. Some of them are open. Some of them have a link there so you can see what it is and you can register. Some of them will say that they're closed, but sometimes, you know, if you go there, if you're really interested, you might possibly get in. Mm -hmm. And so those are some things to check out for yourself because you're always are wondering, when am I going to grow? How can I grow? And you're always one handshake, one conversation or one event away from that thing that you're missing, you know, which is very, very important. 
Another thing is pick up your little local rags, those little papers that are lying around. They usually have events in them and find out what's coming. Those are great, great little nooks, you know, great little nuggets, you know, the further you're along and get into certain little areas and with certain groups you probably would have never thought of that are out there. Yeah, and uh, you know it makes me laugh because you really <laughs> you you're um, really encouraging people to go to events. And I know when I started my business, I'd, I'd come from corporate, and so nobody really knew me. And I thought, well, I have to get out there and get myself known. And uh, anyway, the joke became after a while, oh Shirley, yeah, she'll go to the opening of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I can tell you, I, I did. I met a lot of people and I wasn't going out there to sell my services as such, like, you know, as in that, you know, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy this? <clears throat> what I found is that when you go to these events, showing up, meeting people and um, really having an, a, a quality conversation with people and then seeing how I can help them. It, that's what's really been successful for me. It's not going there to say, here's my product, do you want to buy it? In fact, I gave a, a networking talk for a, a lot of years about there was one guy that we knew who I called the shark and, you know, I'd put the music on, dun, 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 and, and he would come in and you'd almost see that fin as he would be scouting through the people to see who he could go and collar and then uh, get them into his course or program. And that's, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not how it works. <laughs> that was a good shit. You figured that out pretty quickly, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And then I'd tell everybody, see that guy over there? Walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur and you really feel deeply about what you have, you might want to become a blogger or get a podcast or a show and just further your message along and then invite people that on the show that you'd like to work with. Sometimes they'd be interested in being a co-host with you, and maybe sometimes they might be interested in doing an event if that's something that you like. But I definitely wouldn't rule that out. Yeah, and and so let's finish with that because you also have your own show. Uh, it's um, I'm just looking for my notes so I get the title exactly right. And what is your holistic lifestyle show? So, so tell yes. us a little bit about that. We've got a couple of minutes. Okay, the show is called What Is Your Holistic Lifestyle Show? I have three co-hosts. I have one that's in Australia, one in Canada, and the other in from Los Angeles, California. And this show is just to simply give back to the community so we can highlight different people all, all over the world uh, that we're helping people with different modalities in health and wellness. But also those people that are out there, uh, health practitioners, they need more information as well to become better business people. I found that a lot of holistic people sometimes aren't the best business people. Mm -hmm. So we have people want to talk about corporate taxes, setting up companies, you know, marketing tools, you know, different things that help them further themselves along so they have the tools to grow. Because everyone now wants to, you know, go into the indigenous places and see how some of the shaman and people heal, mm -hmm. go to different events. So, you know, it's great to be able to go through and experience those things. So you have to have tools in place. And I think most people don't want to just service their zip code anymore. They want to be global. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I try to go through and share products, ideas, and contacts with them that will help them, you know, achieve that goal. 
And sometimes after talking to me, they can realize that they can have that goal because now maybe I've introduced someone to them that really just took away their fear. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is fear for who you don't know. You don't know who to go to. So you become discouraged, therefore you do nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. And I think sometimes, too, we, we, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know anything, you can't ask a question. You don't even know what to ask. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, so, the main thing is, you know, you can always start with, you know, uh, how did you how did you achieve what you're doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes, you know, you can go through and, you know, this is my brand. What are your thoughts? You know, oh, that's so there's a, a lot of places. Yeah, it's a lot of places to start. The main thing is be humble. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I tell people, you know, because as soon as you've, you've had some level of success, sometimes it's easy to recognize the people that have not because they're so arrogant, mm-hmm. you know, and they're hiding something, you know. It's like it's almost like, you know, that fire alarm, you break the glass, you know what I mean? Yes. That type of scenario. So, you know, it, it's as soon as you realize that other people's opinions really don't matter. I always tell people, I mean, you know, it really doesn't matter what someone thinks of me. I always say they're not cutting me a check. I create my own checks, you know. So, <laughs> so their opinion to me is very minuscule. Oh, so I, I, I keep that in it. mind. And like I said before, it, it makes for a different relationship when you don't want or need something with someone and you're coming from a place of giving. You know, it, it's a whole different relationship. Well, Jonathan, you've certainly given to us today. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed talking with you today, and listeners, yeah, I'm I've sure. Enjoyed that, this oh, thank you. Yes, and and listeners, I'm sure if you've been taking notes as I have, I've got about four pages worth of notes there. So we've got some great nuggets on just on generally on life, on being a successful entrepreneur and being successful in business. And I la- love that last comment that you made about uh, being humble. You know, the the more successful you are, and then and being of service and what you can give. So, um, thank I you. tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch this show called TMZ out here, and it tracks these Hollywood people. You know what I mean? Wherever they're at, you know, the restaurants, Craig's, mm-hmm. you know, Nobu. And so they had a guy out there, and they followed him. He looked just like Charles Manson. Oh. You, know, <laughs> you know, the famous killer. So I this do. guy had the long hair, the beard. Looks just like him, right? Without the, the sweat stick on his forehead. And so the guy, he's talking with them. He's laughing. They're teasing because he looks like him. They go, and they were asking him who he was. He goes, ah, I'm nobody. You know what I mean? And, you know, he's very sincere about it. So the next day, they find out that this guy's worth a little under $100 million. <laughs> <you know>? oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he just did a deal with, with Kobe Bryant from the Lakers, you know, they used to play. Yes. And I thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, Jonathan, we're out of time. I, I, I'm sad to say because I could talk with you for hours. So Same here. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, as always, I encourage you to implement the tips that Jonathan's shared with you today so that you too can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.